The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Luke chapter 24, verse 5. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Stephanie Reed Meyer. Stephanie Reed Meyer is in the chair for Reverend Reagan Gilliland, who is at home with baby Morgan Mac. Not Killian. So Not Killian. Sorry. But Big Mac. So that'd be fun. Anyway, this is Off Script, <laughs> the podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor. And we are actually recording this a week later than normal. Because the week after Easter is kind of a down week around here, or at least ideally is a down for week. For, for me, it was. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about Easter Sunday, a.k.a. the most important day in the Christian calendar. We love Easter. I love Easter. I know you always like build up Christmas so much, but like as Easter was getting closer, I was like, oh, this is how Chris feels about Christmas. Like I feel this about okay. Easter, and you can also feel that about both. <laughs> well, it's different, but um, yeah. I mean, it was I, crazy. It, I, it, it had terrific. never happened to me before where I was like so excited. Yeah, you were like Easter giddy morning. on Easter, on I know. Easter morning. Bizarro. I was like singing hymns the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike me. Yeah, you were all bubbly. <laughs> also we did, unlike me. <laughs> we did the eight, 8 o'clock service, like 8 o'clock on, on Easter Sunday morning. I, yeah. yeah, it was. But it was what, fun. A lot of energy. I mean, it was just, uh, it was great around here. So there's lots to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Tell me right away when you think back on Easter Sunday. First thoughts. Ready, set. So I do think uh, Easter Sunday worship is awesome because, especially at a church our size, we can, you know, pull out all the stops. So we had the full orchestra, full choir for all three of the sanctuary services. Um, we had the Hallelujah Chorus, of course, and then Julia, Dr. Julia Lee, our organist, is able to play Vieter's Toccata, which is a very difficult piece. I know you <laughs> said that. Did somebody reaffirm that that is true? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because you were like, seems complicated to me. <laughs> I was doing it. I was, I was like, he doesn't was know organ. I was just being funny. I, <laughs> okay. I knew it was hard. Okay. Because you have to have somebody else turn the pages yeah, yeah, for yeah. you. There's a lot. I just thought on. that person was being helpful. <laughs> no, no. So in, in Sherman, Dr. Anna Laura Page, it was our artist in residence at First Method of Sherman. Shout out. She was awesome. Uh, and she's like a world-class handbell clinician. She's a terrific. That's a thing? Yes. Who knew? Yes. Yeah. And her uh, husband is past president of Austin College. And so for big days, she would... Um, play organ for us or play a certain piece in, uh, for, for us. And it was always Vita's uh, Takata at the end of Easter. And, you know, I got the, I mean, it's all, it's all feet and hands and you're using all the stuff and it's awesome. And then we had that super cool Easter cross. Yeah. The flower cross yeah, outside. Yeah. Did you know there was like a queue? A queue? Like, sorry. Like oh, a line. A line. Oh. Very British okay, me. Where's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the loo? And the queue. <laughs> yeah. No, there was. Our there mates was a were line. queued up outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see the line. And that's awesome. And I think we have somebody here who helped make that possible. <clears throat> I might have helped Ashley. I might, I might have found some flowers for it. You and, helped. And uh, got to give one of our trees on our campus a trim in order to make it happen. It worked it's out. It's a magnolia. It, had it worked leaves. out. It was great. It was so much fun. And um, I mean, it was raining. 
And it people was. were lined up in the rain to take photos with this. I'm so glad. It was very yeah, cool. It was. It was really mm-hmm. cool. It was a great addition. It was Sydney Hill's brainchild that Kim Hill asked me to help her bring to life. And then we all brought it to life together. And it was amazing. Love That's it. what we did on Saturday. Yeah. So that was Easter. so 7 a.m. It was out there for 7 a.m. service sunrise, mm-hmm. which you did. You mm-hmm. preached. Yeah, you yeah. did the same sermon both places? I did. Yeah. <clears throat> then the 8, 9, 30, and 11 in the sanctuary. And then you had 11 in, in modern. modern. And it was it's just a great – I mean, everybody's all dressed up. The energy's terrific. Inevitably, you see folks you haven't seen in a while. And it's like yeah, a big yeah. – it's, like, it's, it's kind of um, family reunion slash obviously most important theology slash terrific music. It was just awesome. Yeah, and I was in 930 with you. And so on – let's step back. On Christmas Eve – I did an 11 a.m. modern and then I did the like late night service. So I missed like the huge crowd of people. And so this was my first time since we've been back since COVID to be there at 930 on the chancel. And when we look out, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look at all these people. It was really cool. I just, yeah, bubbly is the right word for how I was that morning. (laughs) It was terrific. It was good. So. The tradition in the Dowd household, I do feel feel like we need to talk about the tradition in the Reed Meyer household. Uh, The Easter Bunny always leaves Easter baskets in my office. And it's a scavenger hunt at home that so the kids end up in my office. That's why Max was running to your office. Yes, but they don't get to open it up until I am available. (laughs) And on Easter morning. Which is never. (laughs) Right. It was pretty pretty busy morning. So they got their Easter baskets at uh, like 1230. (laughs) <laughs> we had friends from Sherman come down. It was great. It was trick. Yeah. That's so fun. So what's your uh, what's your tradition for the Easter Bunny and the Reed Meyer household? Oh, we're still building that tradition with our child. Hmm. So it's in the process. Don't give me judge eyes, <laughs> judgy eyes. Uh, so my mom and Jake's <laughs> mom. <laughs> so Miles' two grandmothers go above and beyond with their Easter baskets and gifts. So like Miles by himself as the only child had two separate Easter egg hunts. One with my family, one with Jake's family. That's what it should be. Um, He got all the gifts from every member of both families. So like he's good. Uh So my my theory here is that uh, so pastor's kids end up not getting a ton of their parents' attention on big holidays mm-hmm. until the end of those celebrations, like Christmas Eve's that way, Easter's that way. And so there is like all the extra stuff can't be too much in my opinion, because you, you know, we want our kids to love these holidays, mm-hmm. not just for the theology, but for the, for, sure. for everything and not kind of resent have the, having the church take us away. So yeah. Yeah. And I think that's my theory. That's what I mean when I'm saying we're building it. Cause he's too right. Not even too right now. Yeah. Like his memories are not there. He's having fun and being really happy, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. however we can like sprinkle in those special times. Is important. It. Okay. Before we get too deep into the actual message of your sermon, yeah. what are your top three favorite animated movies of all time? Uh-huh. And you're asking me this because of the main metaphor for the sermon. It would make sense yep. if okay. it tied into that. But So uh, number one, always hands down, no close second, Jungle Book. Yes, Baloo is my spirit animal. I love Baloo. Yeah, that's that. Yes. So uh, number one. And then, um, you know, the kids have loved different things over the years, and so you watch more of those movies. But I, I would say, like, just for my own personal edification – I'd probably put up number two. Mm. I mean, I just love that whole so sad love story, the whole thing. Third is probably Coco. I love Coco. You've seen that. 
What happens in Coco? That's where he goes to the realm of the dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's so good. Oh, yeah, I've good seen movie. that. And the music is phenomenal. So the good. Colors are I'm sorry. It's like Day of the Dead. You know I love that. Well, I figured. Okay, cool. Uh, so for you? So for me, Beauty and the Beast is like my okay. standard go-to. That came out the year you were born? Uh, I was born in 89. It's close. I think Beauty and the Beast came out in 91. It's <laughs> close. Uh, and it, Chris made a little joke on my did. behalf at 930. It was funny. Uh, Brought the house down. People laughed. <laughs> they did laugh. Was it offensive? Possibly. Well, no, it was just descriptive. <laughs> you want to tell everyone what the joke was in case they yeah. didn't hear? Yeah. Uh, you quoted uh, – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking about – we don't talk about Bruno. Mm-hmm. And the only other number one Disney movie hit – A Whole New World. Was A Whole New World from Aladdin. In 93. And, and, I, and I said, no one – no one, you wouldn't guess it because everyone's going to assume Let It Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said – I was wondering if it was a Lion King song. Okay. So close. Right. I mean, like, can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was A Whole New World. And then I just saw you sitting over there. I'm like – that was before you were born. Right? <laughs> it was pretty close. I, <laughs> <laughs> I made a face, but I was born in 89. It came out in 93. Yes. So like. You're, you're like Miles' age, close to. <laughs> I, yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I know. True. Okay, so Beauty and the Beast, number one. Okay. Uh, number two. So let's throw Encanto in there because it really has. Encanto is so Impacted good. me very heavily. So good. It's such a great film. Um, and then I really love Inside Out. I do love Inside Out. Yeah. It's a good one. Yep. It makes me feel confident in my emotions. <laughs> yeah. I, Even I, as an adult. Like I saw that as oh, an yeah. adult. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's beautiful. I mean, the Toy Story franchise is amazing. Yeah. Um, Frozen is really good, Frozen is very good. I'll give oh, you yeah. Frozen yeah, yeah. any day. Yeah, yeah. In your sermon, you use the movie Encanto as an illustration throughout. Yeah. Tell me what it was about Encanto that you found so captivating. So I think... Because there are, I, I feel the same way about Christmas Eve as I feel in terms of r- writing a sermon, like the homiletic process. Right. I, well, I feel like it's pretty, in terms of. Um, Sorry, Christmas and Easter are different than like your week to week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I like to do with Easter is um, a really strong pop culture tie because you have so many folks who are kind of peripherally associated with the church or. In town. In town. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of kids there who may or may not normally be in church and so uh i like for it to be to have some connections and so over the years i've done i did something with uh, glee <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah, yeah i want to listen to that uh that was in henrietta i'm actually. interested yeah a whole katy perry tie-in with firework and yeah <laughs> out of all the socks <laughs> yeah well firework so Baby, this is going to be my new album here. <laughs> like so, a plastic bag. No, I'm, if, if you like, trace through the lyrics, yeah, and it's I did that one with uh, the Mary Magdalene story from John. That's cool. So um, that was that one year. Um, what, the year the Force Awakens came out, mm. like my generation yeah. was losing their minds over Force Awakens, as did I. And Boomers. so children, no, 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 settle down. Gen X, Gen X. Um, Children's Time, which we did in person in Henrietta, we handed out uh, C3, C-3PO and R2-D2 Pez. Stop. That's and, the, awesome. and the dads were... They loved it. Well, they were trying to get some... Uh-huh. Like, hey, y'all settle down. We got to get the kids for... <laughs> uh, the year that The Greatest Showman came out, I sang um, From Now On, the opening of From Now On. So good. So I, I, I just feel like that's relevant. And uh, Big Hero 6, like I did a whole thing with the kids, like in the also middle of the Also an sermon, underrated film. Mm-hmm. Terrific film. So good. 
so we did the whole la 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 la, and so I but and I, and in that room it was easier in, in Sherman because the everybody was on the same level and you could get them to engage. And so I, I do like to do that, but that takes a, f- uh, a fair amount of forethought. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I got to think. I, I, I usually th- start thinking about the Christmas Eve and, and Easter sermons, you know, weeks in advance. And so this year, um, it was a major question. Y'all know this. It was a major question mark whether or not to go with the Disney thing because of the whole stupid court culture war over Disney right now. But I decided, and then I thought about maybe I should just acknowledge it in the sermon. I thought, you know what? No, I'm not giving them Don't give it airtime. Yeah, I, no. just, I don't. That's that kind of, the whole that's thing is that. exhausting. So it's a great movie. Um, everyone should see it. Everyone should see it. And the more I thought about that movie, the more I saw the resurrection ties. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like with the, with the, um, not like coming back from the dead, but, <laughs> but the, like the divine within us. And I, just, it's so good. The music's fantastic. The story's fantastic. The setting is fantastic. The visuals are fantastic. The, the storytelling is amazing. Uh, lots of folks came through the line, uh, especially young families who've seen it with their kids. You know, it makes it relevant for them. And a lot of people said they were planning on seeing it because they had not seen it. So Disney should like pay you royalties <laughs> to their streaming service. <laughs> Thankfully we don't have to do it the other way because <laughs> we showed some images. We didn't do any songs, but yeah, no songs. This is so strict. If we don't want to get buffered. <laughs> I, when you were talking about in your sermon, the spark within, this is not on our notes, but I remember about that theology series we did and we talked about, the divine in right. each of us right? and how it sounds weird to say that. And you talk about that in your sermon. You're not saying that we are God, right. but we're saying that we have a piece of God in us. 100%. And what does that mean? Right. Which I don't know that people grow up hearing something like that. No, no, no. I don't think we, no. I think that's a, a, a um, I don't know if it's a muted part of our theology or um, maybe it's something that people aren't, preachers aren't willing to just come out and say because it sounds like you have to unpack it a little bit right but it's it's worth it right and it's part of you know being created in the image of god like for me it's very a similar vein to that and i I think it's important genesis one it's right there (laughs) and then galatians and i and i really do feel like you know easter so talking to unchurched or de-churched or marginally churched people about Christmas is one thing. Yeah, yeah. Celebrating the birth of Jesus, everybody can re- relate to that. Mm-hmm. The incarnation of God's a little more is a little trickier, but that's other. Right. <laughs> so with Easter, I mean, the fact that Christ rose from the dead or was or was raised from the dead, he is risen. Like we we can lock ourselves into the idea that Easter is all about how we all get to go to heaven. If we believe in Jesus, which is true and an important part of the story and, and at different parts in our lives may be especially important. For sure. Right. But practically speaking, <laughs> there's much more immediate impact to the resurrection in our lives. And I feel like if we can, if people who are unchurched, dechurched, marginally churched can hear that kind of message, that's kind of an empowering message um, through a, a like a pop culture uh uh, illustration, right? Then they're more likely to be open to hearing more. Yeah, and I, 
I like the pop culture reference because I just think that brings people in wherever they are. It's, I mean, that's why you do it. So what's your approach to Easter as opposed to any other day? Yeah. So for me with Easter and Christmas, I always, as I sit down to write or to prepare a sermon, I am always intentional about what do I do that's new or different? You're not going to bring some new insight into scripture that's been done 500 times, but what do the people need to hear now in this moment in history? Um, so I really focused specifically on Easter this year, the world feels fractured. It has felt fractured. Um, and the women come back to tell this fractured community, the good news. Mm -hmm. Now they don't really hear it in what we read. (laughs) The disciples are pretty skeptical and don't think that the women are telling the truth or that they're hallucinating, but the women like that is part of their claim is they go to spread the news and they bring it back to this community that is fractured over the death. Mm. They're fractured over a betrayal. They're fractured over Peter's denial probably mm-hmm. is a piece of it. Mm. Um, and so what does it mean for us as a fractured people to hear a good news? Mm-hmm. And so I think even if you're not part of the church, you can come in and recognize, oh, we're not as together as we could mm-hmm. be, like just humanity in general. Right. And how are we compelled to help one another and to be there for each other. That's good. Yeah. So I don't, my thing is I try to make it easy entry level, which is fair. It was shorter. It was shorter. Yeah. Percentage wise, how much shorter was it than your uh, Probably 15% shorter. Not super short. Okay. So I typically preach like 19 minutes. This was probably 16 or 17. Uh-huh. Um, Intentionally? I don't do math. Yeah. Because I just don't know people's comfort with sitting through a Mm -hmm. sermon, you know, especially in modern. I feel like um, even a lot of our modern people who are there week to week on Easter or Christmas, they seek out a more traditional. Mm -hmm. That's what they want Mm -hmm. on those special holidays. And so we get a lot of uh, people who maybe are just like they happen to wake up and Mm -hmm. come. (laughs) It's not like the huge sanctuary with the orchestra. Like it's a little more toned down and. And we did. We had a lot of family members. We had big groups of people yeah. that took up most of our space. So in a traditional setting yeah. with an organ, choir, mm-hmm. orchestra, it's easy to do It's easy to do the extra stuff right. music-wise and kind of worship-wise in general. Yeah. Is it the same vibe in modern? Or, I mean, because you have the same band. Yeah, yeah. There's not really a special song that anyone <laughs> associates, right, in modern. Right. And if there... you do, like, an extra song, it's not like... People are like, oh, wow, they did one extra song. How meaningful is this Easter? (laughs) Uh, But I will say for this year in particular, we did a cool thing during Lent where we, uh, Mason Morrison is one of our worship leaders, and he rearranged hymns in a modern way Mm -hmm. for specifically our band to sing and lead. And so we did that all throughout. And so they actually did one on Easter too. They did um, Crown Him with Many Crowns. And then there's also a modern song called All Hail King Jesus, that at mm. the end, they sing a line from Crown Him with mm. Many Crowns. That's cool. So there's like ways to tie it together, but yeah. yeah, it looks a little different. In the past, we've had like um, a violinist or like just mm-hmm. an extra instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of just depends on what music we're doing and how that fits. Cool. Yeah. But we also had um, some students lead the opening prayer and, you know, so we had new had pieces. Elements, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's something almost magical about the Easter story. It's this beautiful story of resurrection and grace and new life. Do you think it's something about like the otherness of it that also made you tie it in with Encanto to an extent? 
Because there's an yeah. otherness in Encanto too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. What so what ended up on the cutting room floor? I did a whole thing with um, like the inspiration for the story in Encanto is magic realism from oh, yeah. Gabriel Garcia Marquez, A Hundred Years of Solitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that style, magical realism, inspired the movie. Interesting. Yeah. And so I, I had all that in there, which is really interesting, but I, I needed to save a little bit of time. Right. So I took it out. So it's interesting that you use the word magical because that's like there's a obvious connection there that you would have known about if you didn't you know if you didn't know about that uh, specific tie-in. But I think I do think that the the Easter story is compared to Christmas is for the modern mind mm-hmm. it is harder to wrap your head around than Christmas because even like like the incarnation of God in Christ is a is a very sophisticated theological argument, but everyone can identify with the birth of a baby. <laughs> right. Right. No matter its conception or whatever, like you still yeah. understand that. Yes. Even if you're very secular in your right. understanding of Jesus, and which I am not, but, he, but if you're kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the periphery, mm-hmm. then you can still understand why Christmas is a big deal. Easter is a little different. I, there's a great, so I love Frederick Buechner, who's a practical theologian. I've got a devotional by his that, uh, that's wonderful. And he, he makes a distinction between the stories around around Christmas. His devotionals for that season are kind of like, you know, there's different accounts of his birth and two of the Gospels don't really mention it. And some people see it as legendary accretions of a later age. And, and he says, all that's fine with me because there's no amount of legend and, and uh, detail and spectacular stuff that we can add to the, to the story of the birth of Christ that is too much. It's like it's such a big deal. Right. Right. So whether or not he was born, you know, whether or not there were shepherds there, whether or not the Magi can't, like Correct. Oh, that, the time frame, all of that. It's unimportant yeah. because mm-hmm. it's a big deal. He said, I don't feel that way about the resurrection because, first of all, it was the least practical way to start a religion. <laughs> like, it's the most unbelievable thing. So right. he, Beekner's conclusion is, if I ever got to a place in my faith journey where I thought the resurrection was a metaphor, I would turn in my orders of ordination. Because it's, it's not that. Right. It, it happened just yeah, like yeah. that. Right. Uh, and you only can accept that on faith. Right. So to reach somebody who's brand new to the church, that's a big leap. Absolutely. But the but the irony of the Christian faith is that's what started the movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the thing they told first. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's risen. It shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have worked. And it does. And yet it does. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, we can be bold in our proclamation of the resurrection. And yet there's still other ways we need to help people wrap their heads around it. Right. If they're at the very beginning of their faith journey. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're not ready to do that on their own. I mean, the Holy, all that we entrust to the work of the Holy spirit. Yeah. Right. So we assume that the Holy spirit's with us when we're writing the sermons and uh, only the most arrogant preacher does not assume that the Holy spirit's with whoever's listening to it. Yeah. And hearing what they need to hear. But we shouldn't pull our punches on what the resurrection is all about. Right. Like he, he rose from the dead. Not, by the way, three days later, but on the third day. It's like what I was really trying to be very clear about is it's both and. It's the, it's, it's the, the grave no longer gets the final say. Mm-hmm. That is the most comforting thing as we approach the end of our lives. But for somebody who's 25 years old, just starting out with their families, that's a long, far away theoretical promise. Yeah. <laughs> and so what does it mean to me in this particular moment? And I think 
the the beauty of the tie into Encanto for me was that Maribel, she's she's the most ordinary, but she ends up being the most extraordinary. Like she ends up being the per- the, the most important person in the story, which of course, as educated Disney watchers, we would expect that. But it's something within her. It's not some weird power she has. It's just something about her and who she is that ends up being the most important thing. It's right. It's so great. And you end with talking about, like, we don't even know if she gets a gift or what that gift yeah. is or yeah. any of that. And I feel like that is how I feel about the resurrection to an extent. I don't know how it happened. I don't know all the logistics involved because that's not – for me, that's not the point of it. And so I do. I like that parallel. Thanks. I think it, it preaches. And that for, for me, that the passage from – from uh, Galatians. Yeah, yeah. It's really important. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to bring in Galatians on <clears throat> Easter Sunday. Yeah. So. Galatians is not the most, I mean, there's some hard stuff in Galatians. Yeah. But he's real clear that uh, that whole thing about it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. And if, that, if that's true for Paul in the year 58, whenever he wrote Galatians, somebody who was not a, who was not a witness to the resurrection, right. then it's certainly true for us today. Yeah. So good. Okay, I have a question, but it may take us back in time a little bit. So Jesus tells the disciples multiple times <laughs> that his time on earth was limited. Right. He doesn't always necessarily say, I'm about to die. <laughs> right. There will be days I am no longer with you, right. which is still pretty clear that there's right. a separation that's going to happen. So why didn't the disciples get this? I mean, he is pretty clear that he says the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners, tortured, crucified, and rise again on the third day. In that one instance, he is very specific. And he says, that's very, he says that very same thing twice. And the last time he says it is like seven days before it happens. <laughs> but what is it about us that we don't always get it? Right. Yeah. I could see. I the mean, not just the saying, disciples, yeah, yeah, yeah. like us too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Son of man. Sure. But do I get to be at your right hand? Like, <laughs> right? let's, like, let's talk about my piece yeah. in the puzzle. Enough about you, Jesus. Let's talk about Wait, me. Aren't the disciples all of us? <laughs> Yes, 100% they are all of us. Yeah. I just think it was really hard for them to wrap their heads around. I mean, they, they like they were so convinced he was the Messiah. They No one expected the Messiah to be that. Right. Like that, That's not how they expected him to conquer. They believed it, but not. Like, yeah, he's speaking in metaphor. Right. And that's all kind of up to the interpreter, kind of up to the listener. If I was a disciple, I probably would have tuned out some. Like, I would have regretted wedding, it in retrospect. Like, but yeah, okay. what is he talking about? No one's <laughs> getting goes. married here. <laughs> Listen, what, can you just make two loaves out of this, please? I'm hungry. I need a snack. Just say what you mean. That is what I would always tell Jesus. I need a snack and say what yeah, you mean. You, exactly. Uh, sir? Rabbi? What, you, what exactly do you mean? Son of man. I wonder also if the disciples just had this like hope, like, oh, Jesus says this bad stuff's going to happen. But no, we know Jesus to do this great, incredible right. stuff. Surely it can't. Surely that can't right. be what he means. And so then he dies and they're just like floored, which I think hopefully most of you uh, traveled with us through Holy Week. This year in particular, I found it so important for us to really sit in Palm Sunday on its own, mm-hmm. which is a separate thing. You and Reagan talk about this in the podcast a few weeks ago. But I mean, Palm Sunday, while it is woohoo, Hosanna, like it's not all great. Jesus is going to the end of his time on earth. Like, and so then for us to travel together to Monday, Thursday, which communion is beautiful and so important, but also it's the last meal. Like while Jesus is gathered with his disciples for this like Passover meal, it's also the end. Mm -hmm. 
and then we get like Good within Friday. Hours. Within hours, he'll be arrested. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And then we get Good Friday. And this year, I just could not reiterate enough to the modern worship community. Like, I need y'all to come to every step mm-hmm. along this. Right. If we're just celebrating on Palm Sunday and then we're celebrating again on Easter, we're missing something here. Right. And that's important. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. People don't want to sit in the grief mm-hmm. always. No, never. I would say never. Why would you want right, to? Right. Yeah. Even if we choose to, we never want to. Yeah. So I think it's important for us on Good Friday to really sit with that because I think it makes Sunday all that more powerful. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Now, like what's your feeling about whether or not there should be separate services for modern and traditional on Good Friday and Monday, Thursday? I don't know. I go back and forth because I will say there are not like a ton of modern music selections for those mm-hmm. two in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean... I guess Monday, Thursday, you could do communion or community-type songs, which is fine and great. Mm-hmm. But especially Good Friday, there are not many that are not just, like, super cheesy. Like, mm-hmm. I remember those songs growing up. Watch the Lamb. Anybody? <laughs> no? Okay, cool. Never heard that one. Great. That's the uh, second time you sung today, though. <laughs> uh, if not the third. This is my <laughs> album now. You're welcome. <laughs> so I go back and forth. Because on Good Friday, for us, we're telling the story. Like, right. they're readings. Right. And so in a modern setting, I would also be inclined for us to do the readings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I think it just kind of depends on comfort. And if we're trying to do like a different environment or setting, I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. I'm for sure not against mm-hmm. it. Cause I do think the children's Ash Wednesday and the children's good Friday service are really meaningful. Yeah. I mean, I do think reinterpreting it for a younger audience is pretty important. Right. Cause it's pretty heavy. I mean, at some point, especially as they get close, as kids get closer to confirmation, um, it makes sense to be there to hear, to hear the, like the Tenebrae service. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's trickier for youngers, for yeah. sure. So on Thursday and Friday in the sanctuary, we had modern people there both mm-hmm. days. Yeah, so I like, I, I feel like it's not a big ask for people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jesus' crucifixion, mm-hmm. Chris, mm-hmm. is not the end of the story. Correct. We don't stop at Good Friday. Right. We get to celebrate. So Maribel's lack of a gift isn't the end of her story (laughs) either. She ends up bringing her family together and saving their home. How is this a good word for each of us? And I would actually go farther than that because in the movie she gets basically kicked her out. She runs away, but yeah. But it's because of being... She couldn't save the candle. Being rejected by her grandmother. The one... Yeah, absolutely. Abuela seems so bad. Right. Jake or Miles won't even watch some scenes with Abuela because I think she just comes off as like... Ooh, uh-huh. everyone's scared of her. Yeah. Like her Good Friday moment is when she's, what, the candle? At the river. Does it go out? It, go, it does entirely go out. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and Abuela goes to find her, right? Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Mirabelle's there at the river yeah. where she lost her yes. husband. Like it's yes. just a. And there's this moment where you, you, get, you get the compassionate backstory for Abuela. And you realize everything she's lost and has been grieving for 50 years. And how she's trying to hold everything yeah. together. And it's fear of losing it again. Yeah. Like perfect love drives out all fear. And when we live in fear, that's when bad stuff happens. That's when we act neurotically. That's when we um, hurt the people that are closest to us. Yeah. And so there's, I mean, like the resurrection metaphor. I mean, first of all, resurrection is not a metaphor, but <laughs> <laughs> as it can be a metaphor for certain things. And, Absolutely. And uh, it's just multi-layered. So you go from this Good Friday moment for Maribel to the resurrection is when the candles relit, the community comes together, she understands her grandmother, they reconcile. I mean, it's it's just awesome. <laughs> it's such a journey. And it doesn't hurt that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the music. It's all so good. And that, that last song, All of You, 
is one of my favorite songs because two reasons, twofold. The community comes. So they're all trying to rebuild their home, uh-huh. Maribel's family. And then they hear this noise and they say, what's that? Uh-huh. And they're like, look, it's the whole town. Yeah. And the town is coming. Yeah. And I cry just thinking about it. So they say, like, we don't have gifts, but we're here for yeah. you. And so for me, I want to scream, you all have gifts. You <laughs> right, have your right, own right, gifts. Right. Um, but then at the end, all of Maribel's family lines up to the door and they tell her, we see you. Mm. We know mm. how hard this must have been. Never do we see that validation <laughs> throughout the movie. And they said, we got this doorknob for you. You yeah. get this second chance. You get this. Not yeah. that you need a second yeah. chance. We yeah. should have loved you this whole time. So what does the um, M mean? What's the M on the I don't know handle? if it's Madrigal or if it's Mirabel. Yeah, it could, right. you know, I like making your own kind of assumptions. Um, that two caterpillar song. I've never been so oh moved by a song in a foreign language. <laughs> I don't understand. But have you heard, have you listened to it in uh-huh. the translation? Mm-hmm. You've listened to the translation mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I mean it's it's equally powerful well, in both, and it's overlaid with Abuela's story. Yes. Like, huh, you guys, if this is not enough plug to go watch <laughs> that movie, go watch it right now. I, you know, I cried in the theater when we saw it. I cried when we watched it again on the couch. He cries Holy now week. when I'm we're talking, right about now it. talking about it. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so good. So I want to read a quote that goes with all of what we're talking about. So you say at the end of your sermon for today, for our lives right now, for the moment we walk out of this sanctuary to live the most faithful lives we can. The most immediate truth of the resurrection is that for those of us who have put our faith in him, the risen Christ lives in every one of us. We're not God, of course. But in each of us, despite our imperfections and our shortcomings, there is a spark of the divine, which means that every single one of us is worthy. Every single one of us is loved unconditionally. Every single one of us has unique gifts to offer the world. Every single one of us has a power within us to live purposeful, meaningful, and grace-filled lives. Why are we so desperately in need of that? I think right after that I say, and if anybody has ever told you anything different, they can pick yeah, it up with Paul. That's absolutely Or better Jesus. That's true. You do say that. <laughs> because, I mean, I think too many people for a whole li- long list of reasons tell people something like opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And, and the, in the movie, all the whole movie long until that Good Friday moment and the resurrection moment for Maribel, people have been telling her that. Mm-hmm. Just exactly that. And even if they weren't saying it with the word, she felt it. Well, but it's in the song. <laughs> like, okay, they maybe, also say Maybe it. your gift is denial. <laughs> <laughs> the little girl says that. Oh, you guys. I mean, her grandmother has told her, you, like, you don't have a gift. You just need to stay right. out of the way. Yeah, you're making a mess. Right? Um, but then her, it's her cousin. Like, can't walk and can perceive his gift without her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think everybody needs to hear that. And I think there are times in all of our lives when we, when we believe something different. Yeah. When we've screwed up or when we've, you know... Things haven't gone the way we want them to, or a relationship falls apart, or whatever. And I think at all times, but especially at those times, we need that those words of Paul in our ear. It is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And because that's true, all these other things are true. Man, that's I mean, that's Easter. That's the message mm-hmm. of Easter. So I think it is. I've been in a few different preaching things, uh, but one of my mentor preachers always told me that when I preach, I need to think of every person in the congregation and that even if I have a really creative idea or a really, you know, like insightful idea about what scripture we're reading or whatever, there's going to be someone who came into church who needs to hear they're loved, mm-hmm. who they're going through a divorce, they're going through a suicide, they're going through whatever life has thrown at them. 
and they need to know right. that they are loved by their creator. Yep. And for me, that's Easter. And I mean, it's actually even a step beyond that. Yeah. Not only are you loved, but God, there is, there is a, a spark of God in you. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you are inherently worthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's powerful. It is so powerful. It's so great. This is, and this is the reason that there's no, there's no production too big for yeah, Easter. Yeah. Right. You know. All right. Well, any other thoughts? No, we, else? we covered all of Encanto, which is really all you could ask. <laughs> okay. So if you've not seen it, highly recommend. Watch and then tell us what you thought. Yep, exactly. Okay. So next week or this Sunday, we start a new sermon series. Yeah. What are you preaching on? I am preaching on my favorite. Well, I'm preaching on theology and Jesus, but stop. As we both are. As it is interpreted through the music of my favorite band, U2. U2. And uh, Jason found a an amazing choral arrangement. If I still haven't found one, I'm no, stop. Have you seen, have you seen rattle and hum? No. Have you not? Okay. Mm-mm. It came out before it did came out that you were, you were born 89. See, um, so I get a pass for not seeing it. There's a scene where the band is in Harlem and they sing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And it's Bono and a, an African American choir behind mm-hmm. him. And it rocks. So that's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> Great. Great. <laughs> no expectation too high. And then you're like, Death Cab for Cutie, Kings Stop. of Leon. Who, who's Stop. Leo? None of these. Leo. Uh, Death Cab for Cutie is one of my favorite bands. Take notes. However, I'm doing Leon Bridges. He's a Fort Worth native. Okay. He has like a gospel okay. twang to him a little bit, but his song is River Excellent. that I'm doing. Yep. Uh, how does it go? You've been singing. Take me to the river. Is it that? Okay. I wanna go. Okay, that's good. I wanna first. go. Wanna go. Huh. Wanna I've go. probably heard that. Yeah, you probably have. Right. Uh, and then, so it's you two this weekend. The following weekend, I'm doing Stephanie Gretzinger, who's actually a, a Christian artist. Not a big stretch to make a theology jump there. And it's going to be on Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, Great song. Bring all the tears. Hiding. Paris is singing it, I think. She is. I'm excited about that. And then the following week is going to be Johnny Cash. Because, you know, we got to appeal to everybody. Love and it. then... T. Swift and Ed Sheeran. Because we have to appeal to everybody. Exactly. I love it. So I'm doing a Beyonce, and then we have a Beatles (laughs) song. If you like, then you Uh And then I have the High Women. How's the song go? If you love it, like it, then you should have put a ring. Like Uh, it. uh, 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 Mm -hmm. You know she's a Methodist? This is our album. Yeah, and she's also a Texas native. So I kind of have a Beatles or not. Yeah. Who? What's your Beatles song? Uh, Eleanor Rigby. Okay, I saw that. Yes. I was like. Wow. It, I, it's my favorite, and I think Mason said it's his favorite Beatles, too. Really? So. Have you heard the new I arrangement that blew up on TikTok for it? No. Oh, well, Are sure you going to do the TikTok you. dance that goes with it? It doesn't have a TikTok dance. Come on. Everything on TikTok's got a dance. <laughs> That's TikTok's thing. You know, I bought true. spray paint at Home Depot yesterday, and the girl was like, oh, my gosh, we have this spray paint? I was like, yeah. She was like, I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> I was like, well, I need to know more, but <laughs> this isn't the place. So... Awesome. Well, uh, really glad you're going to be here with uh, the Offscript crew for the next month. So thanks for fun. joining us. Thanks for filling in for the Right Reverend Reagan Gilland. Everybody keep the Gilland family, Morgan Mack, his big sister, Andy, and that poor middle, middle child, child, Jude. Jude. That, class, that picture was so uh, classic. He's already feeling what it's like to be a middle child. He is. So anyway, that's a subject for another day. Appreciate y'all being with us. God bless you this Easter season. We'll be back next week with another episode of Off Script.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd, produced by Ashley Danner as a part of the Christ United Podcast Ministries. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.